Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Catch Up After College podcast. Thank you for joining us again today. And we made history. We have our first couple interview here. Uh, we have Ladies First. She is a people operations manager, health tech. Uh, manager at a health tech company. She's also a pastor, a public speaker, and most importantly, a mother. And her husband is a pastor, a public speaker, and most importantly, a father. It's Craig and Amory Matos here with us today. Isaiah, we're so pumped to be here with you, man. Thanks for having us. Nice to be here, Isaiah. Hello, everyone. (laughs) Awesome. Cool. Ooh, let's go. Welcome to the Catching Up After College podcast. We're catching up after college on the lessons of life lived by leaders. We're a safe space grounded in grace and our aim is always to aid. We may be postgraduates, but we're never post-learning. I'm Isaiah Brown, your host, and thank you for tuning in today. Today we have our first couple here doing a couple interview. It's Craig and Amory Matos. How are y'all doing? Hello. Hey. We're the first. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Isaiah, it's good to be here. It's awesome. Yeah. It's yeah, it's been a while. <laughs> How y'all doing? How was your day today? What'd you do? What were you up to? That's a great question. <laughs> <laughs> Those are blur. We oh homeowning. Yes. It's it's changed our lives a little bit along with the baby, but we we ran to Lowe's and Home Depot. It was an exciting Friday. Big day for the Matos <laughs> family. I had the, the day off um, from work, so that was nice. But started my day off at 6 a.m. with the baby. And um, yeah, but it's, it's good. It's just a cruisy day. Dang. So wake up 6 a.m. on your day off. <laughs> I, slept, no. I slept in until 10. Oh <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. No, it didn't. <laughs> no, no days off when you're a mom or dad. That's yeah. what we're learning. <laughs> yeah. Well, you got a four day weekend coming up, or do you get just Friday off? Yes. Yeah, so, um, in light of you know everything that's been going on with COVID nineteen, um, my company actually was part of this because I work in HR for a, a tech nonprofit. And um, we rolled out an initiative over the last couple of months called Friday Light, where we've organized for um, the company to take alternating Fridays off, um, just as a way so they can spend time with their families, recharge. Um, yeah, it's just a cool way to place value on our employees. So uh, it worked out since it was already a three-day weekend. I got myself a four-day weekend. Dang, I'm sure you're the one who planned that out, you know. <laughs> Coincidence, I think not. Yeah. No uh, comment. Yeah, yeah, no comment. All right, so I think it's time we get into some questions. I have a couple of couple questions. Ah, double meaning there, uh, if you get it. So uh, name your spouse's favorite movie or TV show. Oh, um... 
I think Craig says anything to do with sports. <laughs> so True. maybe all or nothing, any live NFL. And with Anne-Marie, I could say the Hallmark Channel. I know that's not a, a TV <laughs> like anything like with movies, Lifetime, Hallmark. Um, I love them. They're the boys, so predictable. Hopefully this won't be held against me in the court of law, but um, she is a bachelor and bachelorette. I wouldn't say fan, but she definitely spectates. <laughs> and the truth comes out. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. You heard it okay. here for the podcast later. Would you say the answers were correct or how accurate were they? Oh, yeah. 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 Spot on. She's good. A little too correct. <laughs> okay. Cool. Cool. It's all good here. All right, we're going to keep it cinematic. If an actor or actress had to play her spouse in a movie, who would it be? Keanu Reeves. Have you seen his hair lately? <laughs> I haven't. It, does it look like Craig's? Yes, he's got flowing locks now. I mean, Keanu wish he had these looks, but yeah, I would have to. <laughs> I don't know if there's an actress as beautiful and intelligent on this planet. That was good. That's a great answer. Play my wife. So that that'd be tough. Yeah. <laughs> Question. That answer. That was good, babe. No, it's all good. All right. So let's see. I guess we'll jump into the college part. You know, I was having fun with just that, but you know, we gotta keep it business here. So it's all good. <laughs> so uh where are you guys from and can you describe what your life was like before college? You go ahead. No, you should go first because you did college before I did. Okay. Um, from the the Bay Area, um, greater Bay Area, and what was like life like, excuse me, before college, that's that's a long, as you know personally, my, my testimony, Isaiah, and my background. So it was, let's just say it was colorful. Yeah. And it wasn't all revolving around church or church life throughout my life so um yeah it was uh, let's just say i was i was grinding trying to make money and doing my thing i guess mm -hmm. yeah yeah big difference um so yeah from the bay area as well and before college i was actually finishing up college uh, i was graduating from william jessup university and um, got my bachelor's and a minor in theology there. And then this hunk of man just dropped from the sky about, what, just six months before I ended up at college. So I actually found out about Hillsong. I found out about Hillsong College and all of that through my husband. And um, he was one that really encouraged me and supported me to to go ahead and give it a go. And I'm so, so glad that he did. So grateful for the experience. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> so, so two Bible colleges, does that make you super holy or? <laughs> or a Christian. Oh, I don't know about that. No, well, what's funny is I had just given my life to Jesus about a month before I entered in, um, my studies at William Jessup University. So at this university, 
I was learning theology and reading the Bible for the very first time. So I feel like my experience is probably a bit unique um, at Bible college. It was kind of a bit of a greenhouse where I learned things very quickly. And I feel like it just gave me the foundation to then really go deep when when we moved um, back to Sydney and I got to go to Hillsong College. Yeah. Awesome. How did you guys meet again? Christian Mingle. Oh, yeah. Sponsor <laughs> right now. <laughs> they, they owe us royalties. They hear <laughs> We're waiting on that check. Oh, man. No, but it's wild because I honestly don't know how else we would have met because Craig was finishing up college on the other side of the world when I was finishing up um, university. And so thank you to the interwebs for bringing us together. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Dang. And that was before social media. Well, kind of, you know. Yes. Just on the cusp. I think Instagram had like just come out at that time. Dang. Come on, man. MySpace is social media. Was <laughs> MySpace. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. You'll have to explain that to the audience, uh, but uh, it's all good. <laughs> so growing up, did you picture yourself going to college? I'll, I'll, go, I'll go first with this one. Um, no, I did not. I... I think I was just kind of, you know, had dreams and whatnot. Um, wouldn't say concrete goals, but college was never really a part of my, I guess, thought process. So it was something, yeah, something unique for me. Yeah, yeah same. I didn't really grow up in an environment where, I don't know, college would have been like on the radar. Um, like, like I mentioned, it was um, such a whirlwind. I think I had a, had a relationship with Jesus for maybe three years before I even stepping into Hillsong College. So definitely not on the radar at all for me as well. Yeah. Okay. What changed your guys' mind? That's another good question. Yeah. So just being out into the, you know, the workforce, um, corporate America for, it was about a decade. Um, and it was just this interesting kind of place I'd find myself in. I'd be in a job for say a couple of years or even, you know, three, three plus years. And at at that three year mark, I'd always kind of had this question, you know, is this something really I could see myself doing for the rest of my life? And then I'd kind of circle back to this one question that I have internally was like, what, what would be, what would life be like if I actually went to Bible college? Um, or if I actually pursued ministry, like uh, full-time ministry, vocational ministry, what would that look like for me? So I would think about it for, you know, probably a few days and then I'd jump back into the next thing and try and make, you know, make more money and try and succeed and, and, um, you know, be successful, in whatever I was doing. But then I would, you know, circle back to that same question. And I think it was eventually coming to that point where I thought, well, I don't want to regret, excuse me, regret this for the rest of my life. 
you know, wondering what if, what if I would have actually just pursued this and given this, you know, a year or whatever it was to pursue going to Bible college. And so that's really what brought me into applying to schools and then got denied by all of them pretty much. Um, and then eventually, I think I found out about Hillsong College for my brother, which I actually had no idea they had a Bible college. Um, but he told me about it and the rest is history. I applied and life was a whirlwind ever since. Yeah, definitely. I think for me, um, a big dis- just deciding factor, just influential moment was when I actually came out to visit Craig for his birthday while we were dating. And it was Easter um, Sunday. Reinhard Bonnke was actually speaking um, across services. And um, I just, it was just unbelievable being on the ground and like seeing what he was a part of and, and just experiencing it for myself and getting to meet these just amazing people. And um, it was actually in that time of like being in Sydney, visiting Craig that um, I felt the Holy Spirit tell me, you're going to do this. And I didn't really know what to do with that. Um, I kind of just treasured that one and was like, all right, God, if that's from me, then you need to tell Craig because I felt kind of bad because I'm like, well, he just did three years and he's like ready to go and conquer the world. And, um, and then fast forward to us getting married and, um, it was actually on our honeymoon that, that God talked to Craig about it. And, um, I remember he like came to talk to me after praying for a little bit and was like, you know what, I think we're supposed to do, like, I think you are supposed to do college and we're supposed to go back. And I just looked at him and smiled and said, yeah, I know. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was really, if there was just something about being on the ground and experiencing just this amazing world, um, that's, that's there and in Sydney and what they've, um, Hillsong's been able to cultivate and create just, it's unlike anything um, I've ever experienced outside of it. Awesome. Can you recall a season of having to learn new skills just to survive or keep up, like having to make a schedule because you kept forgetting stuff or having to make a budget because you're going overboard with finances? Can you think of a season of something like that? Uh, yeah, I I'm, like looking, I'm looking at every I'm like <laughs> honestly I think every season from college on even currently mm-hmm. has been nonstop. So it's you know uh, lessons look a little differently but it's you yeah your student lifelong student yeah yeah, absolutely. I mean even the season we're in now as new parents um uh, we've got our son, Noah, who's going to be one in two weeks. And I feel like I'm always trying to keep up. And even just with him, like, I feel like we got in this rhythm where I'm like, okay, I understand how to kind of do this now. And now he's like changing and growing. And I'm like, oh my goodness, we're going to have a toddler. Like we've got to learn this all over again. So um, I think, yeah, all the seasons, um, option D, all the above. I think you can think back to as soon as I got to Sydney, um, I had a pretty amazing opportunity to get a job outside of church at the time. And it was with a, a coffee company and I was a, 
I was a account rep for them. But it was just a bit too demanding with the workload with college, so I couldn't do that. So um, that was kind of like my wheelhouse. That was something I felt comfortable with. But then after that, my next job was delivering bread for a bakery. So talking about having to learn new skills, driving on the, the different side of the road, um, <laughs> delivering bread in you know, a place that I was not familiar with, uh, working through the night, uh, working like the graveyard shift starting at 1 a.m. and ending right before, say, your Romans class at, at college. <laughs> wow. Running into class with bread, flour, and yeast all over your shirt. Um, yeah, no, so it, was, it was just nonstop, man. Always just having to adapt um, to each season and, you know, just being able to understand, okay, things are going to look a little differently. Possibly what worked last season might not work this season and just being able to be a bit pliable. Yeah. Mm. yeah that's good. Okay. So growing along with the season pretty much. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about marriage now. <laughs> How long have you guys been married? Eight years of September in yeah. September. Yeah. That's correct, Emery. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And you're also recent parents, as you said. Yeah, for yeah. Noah. So yeah. that's pretty cool. So what has been the biggest surprise of marriage or parenthood so far? Maybe pick one each or answer on both. Your choice. Sure. Yeah. I think it's not going to be perfect was a big shock to me. And that's not a knock on our marriage or our parenting at all. Um, I just think... I stepped into marriage thinking I needed to be perfect. And that's probably just my own stuff that I brought into, into our relationship. And I think um, I can vividly remember, I mean, I'm just going real talk with you all, but I can remember like moving to Sydney as newlyweds and just like a few months in and just having a complete meltdown because I realized I can't hide my flaws from him. He's with me 24 seven now and just panicking and having this moment of panic of like, oh my goodness, I'm not going to be able to do this perfectly. And it was in that moment that I just realized like, wow, I'm actually going to need to rely on God, like in all of this. And I've had, I've had a similar moment, an aha moment too, with being a new mama and of like, wow, I actually like God wants to be a part of our parenting and he wants to be at the center of our marriage and and relying on that has just been a personal like it's something I revisit time and time again of like well I actually need to do this like with the Lord and I need to invite him into everything and all of all of me and so that was a big, a big thing. Um, and it's just like taking like the pressure off of yourself too. I think there is a bit of like pressure and comparison in this and oh, that sure. when like being newlyweds or new parents. Um, so I think just like, if I could give any advice like to new newlyweds or new mamas or dads is like, just take the pressure off and like have fun with it and you don't know everything and that's okay because you're going to learn together and grow together and I think the sooner you can just like take the pressure off the more you're just going to settle and yeah and enjoy it definitely have fun enjoy it 
reality, it's not all going to be fun. Um, <laughs> but it's just all, it's all a perspective thing. And then I think for me, not to do a, a really, not to give you a vague answer, but expectations, my expectations on marriage and parenting, um, I found out how unrealistic in, in so many ways my expectations were. And, you know, I, I guess when things don't meet our expectations, that's when we can be quite critical of them. Um, so I think it's just being being realistic with expectations and having desires and, and all of that um, and having them identified. But then just understanding that grace is so much a part of it all. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. If you were to give one tip to a newlywed couple, what would you give to them? What tip would you give them? Hmm. <laughs> Good. Good question. What tip? That's tough. It is. I think it's just like one, one thing. I think like, um, well, okay. Can I do two things? <laughs> to pick one? Definitely. Okay. Break the rules. Okay. <laughs> okay. I guess you're taking mine too. <laughs> um, one I think is to just just have fun, um, like and continue to just like explore one another and get to know one oh, another, hello. and like well, okay, and <laughs> you know, like just just keep laughing because there's gonna be conflict, and that's okay. Like it's it's part of to becoming one like that's that's okay um but also well you distracted me let's see also i was gonna say um no no i, I lost marriage it tips. Marriage, tips. marriage tips just marriage keep tips. if not you can... oh um i think continuing counseling past premarital counseling is amazing as well because I think there's this misconception that like oh you only go into counseling if there's something wrong but I think it's super helpful because as you you know years and years and years go you know you go along together in marriage I think more and more things might start to bubble up or come to the surface and I mean, we all were brought up in certain environments and our parents did our absolute best, but no one's perfect, like I've already talked about. And I think just continuing to have a safe space where you can process together with someone is so beneficial and helpful. And I think you never want to stop growing. And as a couple, I think counseling can be such an amazing tool. So um, I just want to, I don't know, just help shed a new light with that because I think that can be a real tool to help newlyweds. It doesn't need to just be premarital counseling. Like it should continue as well as you're continuing to learn each other. Yeah. That's good. Quick to listen and slow to speak. <laughs> that's really mine. Great. That's, that's is as simple as it sounds. It is quite profound and it takes a lot of, practice and a lot of patience and a lot of grace but i think that's one of the most valuable things that i still need to exercise even today you know that's that's biblical so there you go <laughs> cool. no, that's good so this question 
while studying your major and what ways did it challenge your faith? And I know that's a interesting question because you both went to Bible college, but you'd be surprised how many people get like rattled in the process of learning more and more theology. So in what ways did it challenge your faith while studying at Bible college? Mine was in a, in a class called Spirit-Filled Living. I don't know if you all remember that or if it probably changed the name. Um, and we talked about our relationship with Holy Spirit and gifts of the Spirit. And the background that I had, I came from a background which didn't really discuss that. So it was a bit foreign to me. And so what took place is when I was sitting in these, you know, these, these lectures, I would start to get uncomfortable and think, you know, what are they trying to say that I'm not a Christian or I'm less of a Christian because I've never experienced this. And I started to take it really personal, but um, it challenged the core, not necessarily my faith, but just doctrine, personal doctrine. So that's, yeah. that was me. But I think what it did was I was looking through things in such a, such a small lens that wasn't able to actually see the holistic picture of scripture. And um, what it did was it just, it definitely shattered my paradigm, but it just opened me up to opened me up to so much more and greater understanding. And just, I think more awe in the way that I look at God, more on wonder. Yeah. That's so good. I think for me, every class was, was phenomenal um and I think because I came in with a little bit of like a foundation on the theology side for me what was such like a standout and really built my faith or challenged my faith was just truly the environment and like the practical experiences and exposure that we had to ministry because I I had felt a call to um leadership and in church and preaching and all of that but in my previous environment with church women weren't as empowered and so I really struggled because I thought like oof, is that okay (laughs) like I feel like I'm supposed to preach and I feel like I'm supposed to be a leader in the church but I'm not seeing it around me in my previous environment and when when I came to to Sydney and you know started to serve at church and and attended the college, I was just constantly blown away. And I felt so empowered uh, as a woman in the church. And I don't know, I I don't, I don't know if it was like something that was said in a lecture, it was more just like the overall experience and seeing just powerful women be so empowered um, by the community there. It's, it literally changed my life. And it, I think that coupled with having an amazing husband that's been so empowering and that right as well, I think it's just really propelled me to step out and walk in my calling, you know, later on when we went on to plant, you know, church in San Francisco. And even now, um, you know, preaching still um, very much involved in the church out here. And so I just, I think a lot of it had to do with just being a part of that atmosphere. Yeah. Speaking of leadership and being empowered, what are two tips to being a great leader? Uh, 
yeah, I think. Um, I'd say being proactive versus reactive is a good one to kind of keep in your, you know, under your belt. Yeah. But along with that is, and hopefully this is, you know, comes well, but um, really knowing who you are. Mm-hmm. I think identity wise, uh, knowing who you are outside of just being a leader, um, knowing who you are, son, daughter, most high God, really understanding that, like that's when you lead out of that, when you lead out of being a son, it's a game changer because you're no longer striving. Mm-hmm. Um, so Yeah, that's so true. And I think like to, you know, to go along with that as well, just living for God and not for the praise of those around you and like being a people pleaser. I think that it, it can, you can find yourself in some tricky situations as, as a leader. And uh, I think people pleasing can really kind of steer you in the direction you don't want to go. So mm-hmm. it sounds really simple, like obviously, mm-hmm. duh, like follow God, um, just allow his voice to be louder than anyone else's. But once you're leading, it's something that can kind of trick you up a little bit. And so just mm-hmm. keeping him first. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what else would I, I say? Um, yeah, just stay, just stay in love with Jesus and in awe of him. And if the one thing you do is just bring Jesus um, and everything you do. And, and obviously we're called to lead in every area of life. Um, but if you just give him Jesus, man, that's the best thing a leader can do. That's good stuff. So do you mind explaining what you do for work? Yeah. Um, so I work in tech. Um, when we moved from Sydney, Australia to San Francisco, um, I sent out maybe like 60 resumes because, <laughs> um, you know, rent's expensive. So you got to have that, that job. And um, I landed in tech. I actually originally landed in sales tech and have in the last couple of years transitioned into the health tech nonprofit world. Um, so what I do is I am the people operations manager for this tech company. And um, it looks a little bit like HR, culture, um, and just finding ways to value our employees. So in a weird way, I actually kind of like get to um, a lot of things that I learned in college, like pastoring really translates to this this profession. Um, but yeah, it's, it's been awesome. It's something I never like dreamt for myself. Nor I don't even know if I would have known to dream no, for it. Yeah. Um, but I'm really grateful that I get to do what I do. And actually our company went hundred percent remote about a year and a half ago. So I get to, it's just, it's amazing because I still very much get to be a mama and work from home. And I feel like I just got the best of both worlds. Um, well, coming out of a, a good solid decade of ministry and church planting, evangelizing, speaking, coaching, mentoring, um, 
And I've been in a, actually a beautiful season of staying at home with our little baby boy and being a dad um, and freeing up Emery to continue to, to advance herself in her, in her career and just be able to focus in on that. Um, but yeah, we're, I'd say that it's definitely beginning and transition phase of that as well and starting to get more involved once again in church life and different churches and speaking at churches. So yeah, that's really it. I'm a, I'm a guy that gets to share the love of Jesus with people and be myself. So it's pretty amazing. Yeah. yeah. Really good dad. what has that season been like coming out of being so busy because well for everybody who doesn't know um you were part of a church called house sf and planted it and uh were there for a couple years here in the city and san francisco and now coming out of it was there burnout you had to deal with or how were you guys feeling uh post well, yeah, that's, that's good. Let's, yeah. let's, let's go there. Um, yeah, no, definitely me personally. I, I was burnt out and in so many different ways and I didn't realize it until we slowed down. Mm-hmm. And once I slowed down, I realized that I was completely depleted and that my identity got so wrapped up in being a lead pastor and being a church planter and you know that um in some ways I started to forget who I was um not that I was you know that you know being a pastor is bad or anything like that it's been the most amazing thing and I absolutely love it but yeah I was I was completely burnt out um just wasn't doing a healthy pace mm-hmm. of life and um and I, I had quite a bit of time to process because we moved away and um, we moved to a smaller, you know, smaller area, not a big city. And the pace of life is noticeably different in this area as opposed to, you know, downtown San Francisco. So I had a lot of time to think about things. And, um, you know, once I got past struggling with why... You know, I felt God calling us out of the previous season, out of leading church in San Francisco and being a part of that. Once I got over that, I started to, I guess, really have space to question things um, and ask a lot of difficult questions, even difficult questions that you hear a lot of people wrestling with these days, you know, where you hear a lot of people discussing deconstructing their faith and whatnot. I found myself in a similar similar position, asking a lot of questions and wrestling over things with God. Um, but it was it was a great place. It was a healthy place mm-hmm. because I had people around me who loved me and were there for me, and I had the space to really process with God and with others. Um, so I feel like it was a it was a healing period. And it's been a healing period for me and not just healing, but it's allowed me to really reset mm-hmm. and it's, it's been good. I didn't realize how much I needed it. Yeah. Yeah. Same. Um, didn't quite realize 
where I was at. <laughs> I think I kind of stopped checking in with myself um, when it came to leadership. Um, so I too was um, leading along some, alongside Craig as well as working full time, and um, I was I was burning the candle at both ends and was really hanging by a thread, um, just health wise. And didn't quite even realize it until we were taking, um, you know, we followed God's lead to, to step into a new season. And you, you say the word being busy and it's so funny, well, sad, but funny. Like I had gotten so used to just being busy. So even when we moved to this smaller town out here in Redding, California, I just kind of tried to find things to be busy with. Like we moved into a newer home. And so, you know, trying to decorate it and get it perfect and like just go to Lowe's a million times in one day and just fill my day. And I think I was just kind of avoiding like checking in with myself, with God and doing a big pulse check. And it took some time to really like unwind and to slow it down and to bring some of the hurt and bring some of the exhaustion and bring it all to God and start to process with him um, about our last almost two seasons. And so um, this, I'm thankful. I'm really thankful for this, this season. It's been a lot of new, it's been massive learning curves. Mm -hmm. It's been a lot of trusting on, you know, trusting God and and leaning on him. Um, but I'm thankful that he took the time to slow us down and just begin to like unwind us. Um, and we really needed it. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy though, how you came out such a busy season straight into a new baby. <laughs> so, you know, uh, I guess things, how, how they slow down or sped up in a sense with the new baby. I think just a lot of it looks differently. I think we're rest. <laughs> well, you don't sleep when you have a baby. I don't exactly. know if anyone tells you that, <laughs> but you don't really sleep. So rest has looked differently. Yeah. Um. Sorry. No, I'm. You're you're absolutely right. We, you know, you learn how to not just function, but function very well with little to no sleep. Mm-hmm. Um. But then the like revelation you're this knowing you have of um what rest looks like and it's more of a heart stance yeah. and, you, and it's a it's a grounding more than anything like i i feel like that's allowed us to reset and we still lead, lead a very full life it just looks a little different yeah yeah definitely and it's just been so beautiful um becoming parents and I had heard parents say like, Oh, my, my child teaches me so much. And I would think like, Oh, that's really awesome. But you, Oh, I've learned so much like revelation about how God loves us, his kiddos through just watching and interacting with our son. And there's just been so many moments, like, just absolute encounters with the Lord when like with like changing blowout diapers and like, it's just, it's amazing how God's just in every single moment. And, um, it's, yeah, it's a new normal. It's a new kind of rest, but it's just like this resolve that God's in it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Awesome. We'll start to wind things down a bit. What are habits you developed in school that you still use today? Personal leadership. Mm-hmm. If, oh man, I would say the one thing that's, you know, one of the many things that's so amazing about being in Hillsong College is the decades of momentum that the church is, you know, operating out of. Um, and it's cutting edge and it's pushing boundaries and always moving forward. Um, so a lot of times you get used to used to that in college and you, you know, you pick up um, new disciplines and new ways of doing things. But I think what really happens is once you're out of that environment, it's put to the test. Um, so if you don't really, I guess, not just adopt, but really practice the disciplines that you have in college, the journaling, the reading scripture, the accountability with friends, with leaders, um, you know, the vulnerability, if you don't continue to practice that stuff, like it's, you're going to see like when you're out of that environment, you don't have that momentum anymore mm-hmm. um, or it just doesn't look that way. So it's, it, it's such an interesting dynamic. Yeah. That's so good. That's so true. And I think, gosh, there's so much, like so much of what, I learned at college, I apply in my work, like day to day. I mean, I, I'm in charge of a thriving, healthy culture. And I learned how to do that at Hillsong College. Um, I also think just, I don't know, the spirit of college of like, the culture of just like, just give it a go and like being flexible and like nimble and willing to change and, and grow and try things out. Like, I think that's just such a great attitude and perspective to have on life that I definitely think I like adopted and we, we adopted and just, I think audacious faith. I mean, that's something that was so contagious. And I think that's really, we've, we've just brought that in as part of our family. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I really think that was deposited in us and, and, and it was grown in us when we were in college. So so much. I'm so thankful um, for our time there and experience there and still very much encouraged by everything that they're doing. We're still connected um, to folks out there and yeah, just think they're doing an awesome job. Mm -hmm. Cool. What books or podcasts or learning resources are challenging you right now? The Bible. Um, I know that sounds really. <laughs> no, it's true though because I feel like, you know, there's so many amazing thought leaders out there, and like I scroll on Instagram, and I definitely like Havilah Cunnington, and like you know, amazing women that I I look to um to be led and like inspired. But at the end of the day, I just can't get enough of the Bible. And I just keep going back to like, especially in such a time like this, like, I just want to know, I want to know the word for myself. And, um, so that's just, that's been my, my hashtag on repeat has been the Bible. Yeah. And not, well, interestingly enough, I, I would say the same. I, 
on the side of our bed on my side, I have, I'm rereading Good Morning Holy Spirit by Benny Hinn. And also I've been on a Dallas Willard kick for quite some time. So um, those are all books that are, you know, I have sitting there um, along with T.D. Jakes's new new book is on my mm-hmm. iPad. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like I've set everything kind of aside for, for a period and just focusing solely on, on scripture. Um, because I think that even, you know, there's periods where we, we allow ourselves to get so focused in on Christian literature and leadership lit- literature and self-help literature that we can neglect just scripture reading. And so we've both been kind of doing that. Um, Podcast-wise, though, catching up after college, that's, that's a hit. <laughs> oh, day. That, I know that one. Yeah. <laughs> that right there, that's the one you got to check out. That and um, I have my, like my favorite preachers. So I love T.D. Jakes. I love T.D. Jakes. I love Stephen Furtick. Um, I mix in some of the uh, Texas love with Robert Morris as well. Um, yeah, so I'd say like kind of, you know, it depends on what I'm feeling, but T.D. Jakes is one of, one of my staples. Mm-hmm. Definitely enjoy them. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks for sticking through so far. This is the last question. If there was one thing you could tell your high school self, what would it be? <laughs> it's such a Don't good be afraid to be yourself. Yeah. And you, you, you actually don't need to fit in. Um, people are going to love you for who you are. And people will be drawn to you because of who you are and your uniqueness. You don't need to actually cater to them. So I think that's that or, um, yeah, put put yourself first as well. That's what I would tell myself. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I think I just tell my high school self, girl, you're awesome. You're gonna, you're gonna do like, you're gonna do amazing. You've got this, but more importantly, you're gonna meet someone who is going to change your life forever. And his name is Jesus. And he's going to take you on the most amazing ride. And yeah, your world is about to just open up and um, just, it's, it's only going to get better. Isaiah, did you almost think she was going to say Craig there? (laughs) (laughs) Hey, you never know. (laughs) Cool. (laughs) Awesome. Well, I just want to encourage you guys, and you truly are moving forward in your walk with God, and that you should just truly be proud of what you've accomplished for the kingdom in the past and what's currently happening. And as you move forward, just keep looking forward to what God's going to do in you. He's always got something new coming up. So, yeah. Thank you so much for coming on and uh, coming through today. Oh, man. It's been an honor. We love you. We love what you're doing. We're so proud of you and just so grateful that, to be included in this. Yes. We love you, Isaiah. Thank you so much.
Yeah, it's all good. Anything you guys want to promote at the moment? Social media, website, or anything? No. <laughs> We're just, just kind of chill. Biggie chilled. Smalls? Yeah, Biggie yeah, Smalls. There you go. Hit, yes. hit if you need a good follow, Biggie, Biggie Smalls, Smalls, the French Bulldog. French Bulldog. <laughs> it's a reliable follow. Been following for years. It is. We're just, just be on the lookout because God's up to something. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. you know, uh, I'm sure that you'll see our faces popping up at some point. Yeah. Awesome. You got to post more too, Craig. What's up with that? Thank you, Isaiah. <laughs> it's that. It's, it's when, you, when you have an 11 month old <laughs> running you all over through the house, dude. There's days I'm like, my phone is in my pocket. I sit on it so many times. So I'm like, I have to put it like somewhere else. And I'm like, oh, I should have posted that. Should have posted that. Well, maybe tomorrow. And then tomorrow kind of passes. But thank you. Thank you for the re- reminder. Yeah. I'll do it. Yeah. It's all good. Just a friendly challenge. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> Love it. All right. Well, take care, everybody. Great catching up and have a good one. And for everyone else, Until next time, as we're maturing, we're going to keep learning, stirring up, and chasing after what our Creator created us to do. So have a good one, everyone. Peace. Thanks for sticking around for the Catch Up After College podcast. And you know, while you're there, you might as well subscribe. Because we got some good content coming out every single week. Either Tuesday or Friday. Check in. It will be there. And you know what? Might as well give a good review as well. Make sure to rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts or wherever else you can find us. And we'll just keep cranking out that great content for you week after week. If you know someone who would be a great guest for the show, the Catch Up After College podcast, or you just want to share some feedback, maybe there's some questions you haven't heard yet that you want to be heard, uh, I would tell you to email us at catchupaftercollege at gmail.com. Just for any inquiries, you can email us there, and we'll try to respond as soon as we can. That is catchupaftercollege at gmail.com. Hope to hear from you soon. Peace.